What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Milikov! Hey, Hames! Podcast on a Tuesday. Why not? Keep on grinding, baby. Why not? Big, I, big Warrior, John, the first, I mean, we're doing this, this is an emergency pod for the first Warriors win at Chase Center. That's what this is. <laughs> Eric Pascal. Yeah. Pascal, you know, actually, at Pac-12 Network, I work with a guy, Don McClain, who does games for the Pac-12 Network, uh, but also is one of the Clippers analysts, and he works guys out for the draft for CAA, and he worked Eric Pascal out, uh, like prepared him, you know, like got him ready for combine and the draft workouts and all that stuff. And he was telling – I remember him telling me, like, this is just a high-level guy. Like, this is a high-level Villanova. Like, he loved him. Like, thought he was just – loved him. So. You know, why I was on his Wikipedia page last night, he did not start at Villanova. He started at a small school and then transferred after a year. He started at Fordham. And then he transferred – because I'm watching him going – there are some parallels of Michigan State and Draymond in the sense of yeah. this fucking guy, three-year starter at Villanova, who uh, during those three years, the year he had a redshirt, they won the Natty. Next year, they were really good. The following year, they win the Natty. And he's just, I mean, he's a three-year starter for him. And he's averaging double digits. And he's getting 20 rebounds in, in, in tournament games. Like, he's a high-level dude, man. It's not – and it, I think it happens a lot in football – where you go, damn, they got him in the third round? It's it's the second round in basketball is pretty unique. It's probably like fourth, fifth round. But you go, I watched this guy play for Alabama or LSU or Washington at a really, really high level. They have all the prerequisites of being ready to roll. Because I heard Kerr say last night, like you could tell early on in camp, and I, I think this works for football too, baseball is probably in its own little world. But you just know right away, like, this guy kind of gets it. Like, there's not really a feeling out process. When you get an older player, and that's probably a huge advantage when you say in basketball relative to, like, obviously the Zions, but just a guy like you picked ninth overall that was a one-and-done that's just swimming. It's like, yeah. oh, this is crazy. To, like, Pascal, like, just run the three-man weave with 
fucking snapping Draymond. He's like, boom, boom, boom. And he just knows exactly where to run. He's been he's been drilled in with him. I don't know by the coach that everyone's like, yeah, if Jay Wright ever wanted to coach in the NBA, he'd have to turn jobs down. Like, everyone thinks highly of that guy, so he's clearly going to be ready. Yeah, I mean, just think about, like, the amount of high-level coaching you have when you've played three, four years in a high-level program versus if you were one and done and got eight months. Like, you really never hear stories about, you know, you hear stories about the Alabama football player being capped physically, but you never hear, like, yeah, he just he couldn't handle the install, you know? It's, no, he's going to be able to handle football, you know? I, I don't know, whether, regardless if he's a 50-test score or a zero-test score, if you play for Saban, you know, if you play for Jay Wright, if you play for Tom Izzo, if you play for Chris Peterson, there are going to be some things you're going to have. Just it's 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 impossible not to because you could not function for them in their programs. Right, and part of it is because they only want players that have those things to begin with. Yeah, like part of like Izzo's deal is he runs fucking like NFL drills. He's coaches basketball, so you're like, yeah. And sometimes you can get fooled by that, you know. Like there were three straight for sure. Years well, they of, like, miss on they miss on guys too. I'm just saying that like Villanova wants a certain type of player. Yeah, but I'm saying like Denzel Valentine. Next, Draymond. Like, because there's three straight years of every dude coming out of Michigan State was like, oh, this guy's next Draymond. This guy's yeah. next Draymond. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but the kind of the kind of guy you're getting is consistent. Yeah, e- exactly. This podcast brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM, and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Love myself some Ease.com, promo code HAM. Uh, best THC delivery in the biz, guy. In the biz, Delivers it right to your house. Uber Eats of THC, pre-rolls, vapes, uppers, downers, uh, gummies. People love a good gummy. And they have gummy treats that put you right to sleep. A little little indica, relax the body, helps you go to bed. And obviously our friends at Ease Wellness, CBD, best CBD in the business, easewellness.com, promo code M. That's right. Um, get it out, get it out. And also there will be a, we'll be telling you about it starting uh, Wednesday, Ease offering veterans a 25% discount year-round. A year-round veterans discount of 25%. Um, and U.S. veterans who want to receive the discount can email veterans at ease.com. Veterans at ease.com. And there are uh, instructions there. The ham code still works and actually can be paired with a veterans discount. Land of the free home of the brave, guy. So Veterans Day is next Monday, John. So actually, I said we're going to tell you about it tomorrow, but I just told you about it. So there you go, ease.com. Uh, veterans at ease.com if you are a veteran listening thank you and uh, you can email ease for a 25 percent year-round veterans day discount but with veterans day coming up telling you about it um podcast also brought to you by candid co that's candidco.com slash ham the promo code ham gets you 75 dollars off the aligners to help you straighten your teeth faster uh, treatment takes just about six months on average with Candid's aligners. That's the key, guy. CandidCo.com slash ham. You get $75 off. Listen, I- I've worn braces. I've, I now wear a night guard. Uh, these things help. And I know we all can be insecure, you know, about different things, hair, teeth, uh, waist side, you name it. You know, it, it, Candid ships your aligners. That's a great part about the, th- the companies we're working with, guy. You don't have to go see a doctor or go see an orthodontist. It's all from the comfort of your home and the thing they call the internet guy. Candid ships your aligners directly to you, so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office. And Candid costs 65% less than braces, guy. 65% less than braces. With each aligner purchase, 
Canada donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and uh, palate treatment to children around the globe. So you're helping people out while you're fixing your own teeth. Yep. Get photo ready with candidco.com slash ham. Use the code ham for 75 bucks off. All right, Monday Night Football, John. Uh, this is a big one. Niners are – I haven't checked my book today. I think I saw they were six-and-a-half-point favorites when it opened, something in that realm. Um, Which seems a little strong, you know. I mean, does, it, it, it seems I'm, good. I'm Seattle seven and two. Like to me, like the four range would have been solid. I, I, I think six and a half. I heard some. I was listening to Simmons and Sal. That number was shocking, guy. That number was. That number was pretty nuts. I was surprised by it. Yep. Now what? I do think I think the Forty ers are the better team, and what I have to ask myself is, am I surprised by it because I'm stuck in the past? I think both Bay Area lines, and we got a Thursday and a Monday night game. The Raiders are getting one point. They're plus one at home on Thursday night football. And the Niners, six points. I think both those lines feel off. The Raiders should be like minus two. And the Niners should be like plus four. <laughs> like I, I think Vegas is, I don't know. They sure, I mean, they, they build casinos every other year, so they know what they're doing. But it feels a little weird. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I um, I do think just this this matchup. This is this is the rivalry, though, and I think some Niner fans I see on Twitter get annoyed because every Niner win, there's a segment of people that say, "Yeah, but who have you beat?" Which is fine. I mean, like I don't. This isn't college football. What people think is you just get to play the games. There's a playoff system. It doesn't matter if people aren't giving you credit or not. And maybe this one would be in the same category. You beat the Seahawks on Monday night, and everyone will say, oh, but you were six-and-a-half-point favorites. But I don't think that's the way this one's going to go because everyone everyone is used to what they, remembers what this rivalry was not that long ago. Short period, short-lived, though. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it was no, really short But it was so great. I mean, they played in so many big games against each other. They played in the NFC Championship game. I, I, I say it all the time. A rivalry is quadrupled, maybe even more, when you play in a playoff game. It's my it's my issue with the Giants and Dodgers. Like, it's like it doesn't sniff the Red Sox and Yankees. They, they don't. They got to play in like the NLCS sooner or later. You know that's the, the great part. Like Duke and North Carolina, these guys have played hell in the tournament. Ohio State, Michigan, they're usually playing for the national championship. There's got to be a lot. What I think why we all view the Rockets and the Warriors kind of as this rivalry. Well, not this year because the Warriors are going to stink, but they, they've played multiple times. I, three straight, or they played twice in the conference finals and once in the semifinals. Like that's that adds to it, and that the one championship game this decade was fucking legendary. Now, I was thinking about this when they played the Rams earlier. Do you think most Niner fans view the Rams as a rival? No, I mean not in the not in the emotional sense. Yeah. I think they view them as a real, you know, like the team you got to beat right now, or at least that's the way it was. But it could but. eventually get there, right? With like if they play in the playoffs a couple times over the next five years, and they play twice a year, it can go it can go zero to fifty, or you know, fast zero to sixty. Yeah, like part yeah. of the reason I think you watch the Giants and the Cowboys last night, or when you see the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Eagles and the Giants, those teams it gets doubled down because they've played you just naturally play your division twice a year and then you play in the playoffs you know pretty consistently you match up with these teams in the playoffs so i would love to get a rams or seattle playoff game right and that would probably have to be in the second round and the rams or seattle would assuming like it's 
Seattle has two games to make up on the 49ers. Now, they do play them twice, and if they were to win Monday night, the division would become a lot more interesting just because you'd be like, well, Niners still play the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints. Like, they could just slip up, and if Seattle just maintains, it's going to get interesting. But if the Niners win, we've talked about this a couple days ago, it would feel kind of the division is just they've already beat the Rams, they've already beat the Cardinals, and then they would beat Seattle. They'd have a three-game lead as we're fucking two weeks away from Thanksgiving. It would be unofficially kind of over especially you just be like well the Niners just don't lose (laughs) you know so even if they do slip up once they're not going to slip up like they're not going to have a three game losing streak but I would love to get you know Levi's round two you know that week after the wild card round hosting Seattle or hosting LA probably preferably Seattle I guess we'll have to see how it looks I'm just assuming Seattle's going to be a little a little tougher for the Rams because, or excuse me, the, the 49ers. As you saw with Kyler, anytime you have a guy that can just make defensive linemen miss, and you saw it on Sunday Night Football with Lamar, you just have this extra element of a curveball that Jared Goff's not bringing to the table. Like, if they're not blocking for Jared Goff, he's going down. Where Russell Wilson is just, Nick Bosa is going to miss Russell Wilson. Or even D4. Like, that's just what Russell Wilson is, right? Just because you have the best pass rush ever doesn't mean you're going to sack him once during a game. Where if you have the best pass rush ever, you're getting Jared Goff minimum one and a half times a game, right? Like he's just, you're going to touch him a lot. Where Russell, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. That's, I look at the most fascinating thing of this matchup is just kind of... And you're down a fast linebacker. Yeah, who's but he's he's just out, right? Now you do replace him, Greenlock and run. But I'm fascinated to see Seattle's defense. Wouldn't you say what made the rivalry so badass is it felt like, well, this is basically just Ravens-Pittsburgh Steelers from the 2000s now in the 2010s. This is a heavyweight Chuck Liddell versus Mike Tyson just throwing shots at your chin. It was so physical. Where this game, Seattle's not really like that anymore. They're actually, they're kind of the, they're like the 2015 Warriors Russell, do you know how many touchdowns Russell threw the other day? Five. Like, they throw, they fucking score points. They are not just this number one scoring defense, let's win 17-3. to three. They're actually the opposite. They're like, you want to play in the 40s? Let's go. <laughs> you ever heard of this DK Metcalf guy? He looks sweet and he plays pretty sweet. Lockett and Car like, they score points because they really don't stop anybody. But you'd say the Niners, their scoring offense is really high. Like, their, their points per game is really high. But a, little, a decent amount of those have been – I mean, how many defensive touchdowns have they scored? One. And how many turnovers have they created that led them on the plus side of the field? It's a little skewed, right? You wouldn't look and say, the Niners have a great rushing offense, but I don't view them as like a top five scoring offense in the league. Like that's not really their style, you know? They're good offense. Right. But they're not, you know, this – I don't even – I'm trying to think up top of my head, like – I think Seattle's just more potent. Partly because they're just throwing bombs, you know. He's just throwing a lot of he's just throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean to me what what this this is is this what I'm hearing you say is this is more of a Robert Sala game than it is really a Kyle Shanahan game then because if you said right now who's the MVP who's the MVP going to be in this league, who would you say? I I I have it because to me, they're playing like the two guys in the course of three weeks here, McCaffrey and Russell Wilson. Like, Russell is 22 touchdowns and one pick right now. 
Yeah, I, I'll say it again. 22 and 1. You don't have to do any math to figure out the ratio. It's 22 to 1. Yeah, I mean, I have him and Deshaun Watson would probably be my 1-2, but okay. I think it's a little NBA-ish where you go, well, Russell's been in the league now almost 10 years. You know, Watson's time will come type deal. He just deserves it. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been one of the best players in the yeah. league. I'm, and I'm not – maybe Watson's time will come, but to me, this guy is – Well, he's the better player. Watson's 18-5 and five right now. Yeah. You're right. I mean, 22-1 and one speaks for itself. He, he, guy, he but throws. we got a lot of season to play. There's still a lot of – but well, I'm just saying, like, this is, he, he throws six touchdowns in two games against the Niners, and they finish fucking 12-4, and four, even if they're a wild-card team. And let's say they win one of those two games. How does he not? He, you're, you're probably right. The stats, and he's got some just – he's got more marquee games coming up than Watson of just like, you beat the Niners? Like, Watson just won't get the credit of, oh, you beat the Colts. You know, you beat the Niners, and then you sweep the Rams – let's say, right? Or they got a game, I think, later in the season against Minnesota. Yeah, he's – the more I think about it, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, he, he has the most control to just win it. And McCaffrey's one of those where, you know, we'll be talking about this in five years, maybe he'll eventually win one. But, like, God, he was he was a top-five MVP candidate for four straight years. That's right. just kind of what it feels like, which is fine. He's establishing himself as a superstar. But what if McCaffrey's team goes 12-4 and four and he has this 30 total touchdowns? They're a really good candidates this year, I think. Because you, you're watching, you feel their MVP candidacy when you watch them. Like, God, yeah. Russell Wilson had to throw five touchdowns. He had to throw five touchdowns for them to win, guy. They won in fucking overtime against the Buccaneers. That's what I'm saying. Their defense stinks. It's not good. Now, could part of that be the Bucs are really, really good offense? Like, you can't dispute. Like, when they're on, they score a ton of points. Except against the Niners. Jameis, I think, had his first game of his career when he didn't throw a turn the ball over. Literally, of his, like, football career. No turnovers. Wait, which game? This last game? Did he not have a turnover? No, they, I, I, I was watching on mute, so they I looked away. There was an open hand, so it must have been a forward pass that they ruled incomplete then. Yeah, the, he had a Darnold-like play. No, it wasn't as bad as Darnold's. It just slipped out of his hands as he was throwing it. And live, they called it a fumble, but they might have just let let him play on and given the ball back to Seattle. I don't remember. I'm going to double-check right now. You you can never be too certain with Jameis. No picks. Uh, fumbles. Yeah. Uh, one fumble, one lost fumble. So, I, t- okay, I take that yeah. back. Turnover. So that's what that was. <laughs> Turnover. And it was just it was just him throwing the football, and it just came out of his hand. Did you see the Danny Dimes stat last night? I swear to God, Danny Dimes has five career starts. He has seven fumbles already. How's wow. he fumbling the ball so much? How do these guys I, – I saw someone just tweeted out turnovers in the league. There are some guys that are turning the ball over. It just it feels like historic rates. Jameis, Danny Dimes, Darnold. Josh Allen. It's crazy. Like Josh could, Allen has five fumbles. I, I, like Derek and Jimmy each have four. I guess it doesn't feel like they do. I mean, Derek had the one, but I don't remember four. I guess you fumble it more than you think as a quarterback. You just as long as you just free fall on it. Well, yeah, I guess Derek, you know, had the one to Josh Jacobs. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Like he gets right. knocked in the for Colts that, game. Right? Yeah, that's right. See, to me, there is there a difference in a fumble of an exchange and a you scrambling around and the ball falls out of your hand? 
Yes. Yeah, I agree. You being you being uh, irresponsible. Like Danny Dimes is, Danny, stop leaping forward. What are you doing? <laughs> I have a lot of respect for, would you say Russell's the best slider in the league? But who's damn good slider is Kyler, who's just like, I always, yeah, I've, R- Russell to me is the best, but anybody with a knee brace is the worst. Well, you notice how Russell and Kyler can slide and then they can slide to like getting up. It's all kind of one congruent motion. As if they're hitting the second base bag and popping up. Yeah. Do you think that has a lot to do with just playing baseball over the years? I do, yep. But do you do a lot of sliding drills, like in college baseball? But you do it growing up. I mean, yeah. you do sliding drills growing up, and then you just slide a lot, you know, especially if you're a fast guy. Remember when Bobby you Cox like told Michael Vick he'd teach him how to slide? Because Mike would always, like, run full speed, and then he'd kind of freak out how to do it, and then he'd just kind of fall. RG3 was the same way. It's a for, it's a foreign move, right? If you've never done it, and you're that, I can imagine if you're that fast, it'd be like getting in a car that can go a hundred miles an hour immediately, but the brakes are a little sketchy. So you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and and if you're good at it, you like doing it because it looks sweet. It's it looks smooth. Ba- it looks badass. So I, uh, I mean, yeah, this is the first step. I I think from a Niners perspective. Niners win by 10 points, then it's the first step back to a rivalry with the Seahawks. Seahawks win by 10 points. Then it, it kind of, you know, look, the Patriots just lost to the Ravens, got blown out. So it doesn't really mean anything. But The difference, I do though, think just is their t- division, it's easier to keep winning games, a little more difficult for well, the Niners. That would be the argument for it's a rivalry either way. The Seahawks win, and now, you know, the division race is on. So, yeah. To me, that's where the con- they win at Levi's. You'd still say the Niners would be a locked playoff team, but it starts getting a little, you know, it's like whoa, less locky, a little less locky, yeah, yeah. Now they're a little lucky, right? Because they got the Cardinals next week, so you go again, yeah. Who I think are on which a is, bye, w- which is weird. I don't mind it if it's the shittiest team. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do the two teams in, in less than a month uh, in your division, as long as it's the worst one, that's where I like. That would have sucked if it was Seattle or the Rams. I like how they spread those two games out. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm with you. Uh, Raiders play Thursday night. We'll talk more about the game itself on, on the next pod, but uh, I saw a lot of this on Twitter on Monday. I don't know if you noticed, John, but uh, the Bears pick – that the Raiders own from the Khalil Mack trade. I don't know, maybe if somebody's mentioned this to you on Twitter, would be the 10th overall pick right now. I saw it. And um, Khalil Mack had a security guard outside his home on Halloween. We ain't passing out candy. Keep Which moving, I, keep I just, it moving kids. It just like you, you just keep the lights off. I mean, I know it was, the, it was sunny out. I mean, the, it was still daylight, but you just don't. Don't look like you're giving out. Just keep the. I, I got. Know. I got one guy. How about lock the gate? Well, how about this one? You fucking buy some candy and you give it to the guard. Or it, that. It, it was. But don't dress him as a guard. Just make him look like he's one of your friends. You can't have him look like he's top flight security. It, there's right? no way to argue. It was not a good look. For a guy that's not playing very well, I guess. One thing I noticed last night, who this guy is. You listen, I know Raider fans like Khalil Mack, and they did not like Amari toward the end. It can't be disputed that Amari's balling right now. He's on yeah. he's on pace for career highs in every single metric. He makes big plays. I mean, he's going to get double-digit touchdowns this year. Because it hit me last night. Well, the Cowboys, 
I support them for not signing Dak, but they do have two unrestricted free agents. Last time I checked, you don't get two franchise tags. Are we sure that they can re-sign Amari? I I would think they're just going to have to sign one of They'll have to sign Dak. And then franchise Amari? Or sign them both. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they sign them both. <laughs> I, I got to figure that's their goal, though. And well, they know I, well 100% cost. that's their goal, but what, if you're Amari, you're like, like, like... They know what guys cost, right? What, if, what would Amari make if he hit free agency and had multiple teams bidding on him? What do you think, 80? Well, he, if he's coming off a season where he has 90 catches, 12 touchdowns, and 1,350 yards, and it's clear, you just watch him, like, he's still, you know, he's got, he rolls an ankle that's, you know, very, very, he's, he's missing two series. And then he comes back, you're like, is he going to be limping? And he's fine. <laughs> he's not Mr., you know, toughness, but he does play. So that trade, obviously they've already used that trade. This trade, the, the Bears trade, Here's my thing with this, John, is, of, of course, having the 10th pick is good. The more the Bears lose, the better. But you are, like, if you're trying to win right now also. So while you're trying to win, you can't tell me, well, we got the 10th pick. That's what you'd want while you're trying to win is Khalil Mack. If the Raiders had done clearly a full reset, we're just rebuilding this thing, then okay, fine. But, and I like you said, Khalil hasn't been great. I have a feeling Halloween in the Bay Area, he would have been giving away candy. I, I'm, I'm confident he would have been giving away candy at his home, wherever it was in the Bay Area, if he were still an Oakland Raider. Uh, but if you are trying to win, then I, there's no we won the Khalil Mack trade because the pick ends up in the top ten. Maybe in five years we look back and say that. But there, you, to me, there's no way you can say that right now because you're trying to win. So you, the player is what you need, the really good player. What, what are they lacking right now? Defense. Yeah. Pass rush. Listen, I, I, I hate the trade, and the best player they got in the draft by a mile is Josh Jacobs. And the reason they got Josh Jacobs is Khalil Mack's trade. Now, my counter is, well, you could have kept Khalil Mack, and you still would have had the 27th pick. You could have traded Amari. And Josh Jacobs would have been there at 27. I also think that you're going to use that pick on a player this year. Because if they go 7-9, and nine, and clearly they're like, God, we are just a player or two away from being in the playoffs, that's got maybe not the 10th pick. Maybe they keep whatever picks higher. Let's say their pick is 16 or 17. They do like an Odell Beckham type trade which probably would cost less for, like, a Stefan Diggs. Like, we'll give you the 16th pick for Stefan Diggs or something like that. Like, to me, they we were talking about that last year, remember? And they kind of did it, but they had to pay less because A.B. was so nuts. He's, he's going to do that. And I, I wouldn't even necessarily blame him, but that's where it's like, uh, were you building or were you just, were you acquiring assets to never, this isn't the NBA, because ultimately your defense still stinks. So you're going to be capped on what you can do because you can't stop anybody. You cannot stop anybody. You cannot make the playoffs like that. The difference is, I hear this all the time, well, our defense stunk with Cleo Mack. Kind of. He was a defensive player of the year the year you went 12-4. and four. Let me repeat, the defensive fucking player of the year. And if I remember correctly, was having pick sixes and fumble sixes and winning games against Denver. Like, he shifted that season. If you just had Cleo Mack or Cleveland Farrell... You maybe, because Derek was so good, win eight or nine games. You sure as shit don't win 12, right? No way. 
They didn't win 12 that season in 2016 nope. when Del Rio won the uh, – the. I guess they didn't win the division because Derek <clears throat> didn't play that last game. But he shifted that season. Shifted it. So the, how are you going to find that guy? Now maybe you trade – the 16th pick for the equivalent of, I, you know, you'd have to think of a guy that would be available. You just never know. Like an Everson Griffin. I'm just throwing out random names on the Vikings. <laughs> you know, thinking that they missed the playoffs or something. A clowny, whoever. You know? And the whole goal, I say this all the time about tanking, is to acquire good players. Right? That's the whole goal. Because I think Kevin Colbert, who we can never point out of the GM photo, would say that the entire goal of my job as a GM of the Steelers is to acquire Minka Fitzpatrick. Everyone thought I was an idiot. I thought he, let's say, we had him graded as the second best player in the draft. Let's just use that hypothetical. Let's siphon out all the quarterbacks. We had him the number two overall player non-quarterback in the draft. So, yeah, we, we thought with him we could win seven, eight games, and he's only 23 years old or 22 years old. We didn't hesitate doing the deal. Haberman, Middlecoff, Daniel Jeremiah, you name Most people are like, God, that's nuts. And now, like, a, three weeks later, you're like, God, it makes sense. And I think sometimes we naturally in the media and everyone thinks, like, tanking and starting over. That's not the NFL. You don't need to. How many times have the Eagles started over in our adult life? Seriously, <laughs> the Eagles. The Packers like started over. The Steelers started. You don't need to fucking start over, guy. If Gruden – Listen, I'll give Gruden some credit. He's clearly proving to be a pretty good offensive coach, right? And he's getting Derek playing well. So, like, he can coach now high-level offense. Their offense is playoff-worthy. But you're going to need just good players. So, eventually, like, you just see that in the draft, it is somewhat of a crapshoot. Now, it was kind of crazy when you took Cleveland Farrell, but you took him and he stinks. Now, you took Josh Jacobs and he's good, and then you took this other guy who looks kind of good, kind of annoying, but he's already hurt, Torres Labrum. And you go, well, why wouldn't he tear his labor room again? He hangs his hat on killing people, <laughs> which is not really allowed anymore. And I would imagine John Lynch or Ronnie Lott would tell you, obviously you were more physical in games, but we were physical in practice. Not like killing our own teammates, but I, every day my pads were popping. They were pads, guy. <laughs> not just during double days, but during the season. You don't, you don't wear pads anymore. You go to these... Hell, you go to college practices, they don't even... It's all shells. Shorts and t-shirts. There's no pads. So just... The draft's a crapshoot. I, I would actually recommend trading one of those well, first-round picks for a player. I mean, for a guy that's worth it. I And I think not only is the draft a crapshoot, you said this, but to reiterate, um, you'd feel better about having the 10th pick if Cleveland, if you would ended up with... If they chose Josh Allen, he's balling right now then it would be a different story. But that's not what happened. Because so they're going to take their second swing at a defensive lineman, pass rusher? Well, that's next the thing. Year? What, what did the 49ers have to do? They had to keep doubling down on missing on guys mm-hmm. through the draft. Now, eventually, if you get it right, no one cares. But it's but missing held them back. Held them back, and it cost them a lot of capital. To like, they always had to keep chasing. You know who doesn't really chase? Belichick. I mean, the Eagles, most teams chase a little bit. You kind of have to. It's just it's just the nature of the crapshoot. Now, that that's the counter of, well, that's why you trade Khalil Mack to get all these swings. And this year, listen, it's working out pretty well because the Bears are in shambles. We got a big Bears game this weekend against the Lions. <laughs> you know, 
Because they lose that game, you start talking, well, are they a 4-5 or five win team? They might be. Right. right. They win this game, you're like, well, are they a 6-7 seven, seven win team? It's weird because they've been competitive. Like, they've lost some games that really could have gone either way. Um, missed kicks by them, made kicks by somebody else. But at some point, it's like we're only halfway through the year, and it's been a pretty tough year. So do they fall apart? Do they somehow – do they keep playing this type of game the rest of the year? If they do, then they'll just win some of them. But are they going to fall apart? Uh, that's possible. Yeah. I would so. I would lean they lose this week at home to the Lions and Mitch is terrible again. The pick could be, you know, seven or eight, which is a game changer be. for them. But back to what you said, they had the fourth fucking pick last year and they took a guy. It's one thing to be like, never let your secrets out. I get it. <laughs> And I, I had tweeted out that conversation of Bill Walsh screaming at the guy for letting out the secrets of the guy they wanted. It's another thing to not like, like if you would have told everyone, we want Cleveland Farrell, everyone's like, cool, take him. <laughs> right? It, it's one thing to not let your secret out on a star player. <clears throat> it's another thing to not let your secret out on a guy that wouldn't, no one's picking that player. You know? The, the Jaguars would be like, oh my God, please take Cleveland Farrell. Can you imagine what like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that wanted Devin White were like? They're gonna take they're, they're gonna take Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> so there's no we just saw it. There's no lock. We've seen it with both teams. The Niners took uh, Solomon Thomas. The Raiders take Cleveland Farrell. It's just you're not guaranteed shit. Even if you're drafting the top five, let alone pick twelve. Yeah, and look, I should say like these are two separate. It's almost two separate things. On one hand, th- there isn't the only way you win the Mac trade is you end up with another Khalil Mac through the draft. That said, doesn't mean you can't celebrate the fact that the Bears' pick keeps getting better and better for the Ravens, but for the Raiders potentially. Here's what I I keep going back because I've been getting in these arguments constantly with Raider fans. Somehow one of them guy. Hmm. I mean, borderline like is John Middlecoff gonna have to call the police? Somebody got my number and was calling me and like. Being kind of creepy. What? Yeah, it was like, you're being mean to people. You know, you want me to, I got your information. You want me to come to your house? Again, he won't admit that he's a Raider fan, but he only, somehow he was texting me, and then he called me yesterday, and he he acts like he's neutral, and he just follows me on Twitter. It's very bizarre. You, you, got, any, uh, you got any suspects? Yeah, you know, the, the feds might have been contacted, but uh, you just I, I told the guy, I dared the guy to show up at my house. We'll see what happens. Are you sure pro- it's not uh, Tremaine, uh, whatever his name is, from the Browns? <laughs> See, I mean, I, I contacted someone with the Browns uh, that might have – it was just like, well, you got to be very careful. Some of these guys are not kidding. And that's where I lean. Like, this guy might not be kidding, but bottom line, you show up to my house, like, you're going to fucking jail. So, yeah, show up. You know, that's what – if I had children, I'd probably take it a little more seriously. It's like – he's like – you're threatening people on Twitter. One, I'm not threatening people on Twitter. Two, everyone knows who I am. I'm on Twitter. It's me. I don't know who are who are you. Like, you're calling me in this anonymous voice. Like, what the fuck is going on? I, I, Wait, I, did, did you do a voice mask thing? Like, No, you're just talking. I did a voice mask thing at first because I kept getting this unblocked number calling me. And it's I never pick up random numbers. Like, 99% of people. But I got three straight ones. And I, you just always, in the back of your mind, like, my mom in the hospital you just never know so you're just like okay i pick up but then i did kind of a fake voice because it's usually like you know this is john from debt collection it's like oh my and then i immediately hang up he's like john john so you just never know i'm like what huh yeah. it's just bizarre people are fucking weird like that's stalking right is it not yeah that's that's <laughs> that's a that's, that's a crime a so that's again Wesley you keep Snipes. calling me if you're he says 
This guy used to text me, I think, claimed he was a diehard ham guy, which is all cool. Again, if I'm tweeting at people, Raider fans get very, very mad. Like, that's me. I, when you come anonymously at me and threaten to come to my house, that's, that's a crime. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we diverted fast. Here's the one thing I'll say, though, about back to the Mac thing, is that <clears throat> this is always my rebuttal. That the, the Bears made the playoffs last year and won the division. So in like a three- or four-year span, yeah, they're shitty this year. Let's just say they're decent the next couple years. If the Raiders never win the division, the Bears did have some success. Like They got them that one year, the first year, and they won the division. Like The Raiders will at least have to make the playoffs to do that, right? Yeah. Because they, they, already already, they already have a notch on their belt because right. of it. Because of right. him. You know, he would he changed their game. Now this year, I'll be the first to say he's not playing very well. But if the Raiders can make the playoffs next year and they don't yeah, make the point. playoffs again, but the Bears made the playoffs and they won point. the division and they hosted a playoff game. Last time I checked, this is, the whole thing is a business. Uh, unless you're stalking me on Twitter. This is a <laughs> Wow, you were a little rattled. What if you find out it's a Niner fan? That would really throw you for a loop. Well, just hope the guy realizes, like, bro, you're very close to committing a crime here. It's like, I'm calling your phone. You're tweeting to people mean. Yeah, it's me on Twitter. I don't know who you are. You're, you're claiming, like, you're threatening people. No, I'm literally. You can check on so my Net tweets. So Ned would refuse to identify themselves. Refused. One, I, he did drop a line, like, I know people at KNBR 95.7. I'm like, whoa, that's a little weird. I don't even know what that means. I don't. Why does that? Why do I give a fuck? Like, because you're diehard so he listener. Got, so he got your number from a producer at maybe, one of those. Uh, maybe it's just a. It's a weird deal. Oh, this is fun. I mean, for me. <laughs> All right, this podcast is brought to you by. It's wild, man. Podcast brought to you by Roman. Uh, GetRoman.com slash ham get you free two day shipping and a free online visit. Talking about erectile dysfunction, not easy. Maybe you make excuses. But with Roman, it's easy to talk with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and uh, just like John Stocker, totally discreet. <laughs> That's a great part about uh, Roman. Let me pull this up really quick. My fault. A little behind here. Uh, Roman.com slash ham guy. Roman. There's a getroman.com slash ham. Getroman.com slash ham. Getroman.com slash ham. Uh it's all discreet, like you said, Un- like very just like my stalker. That you just—it's all through the internet. No one has to know. These are problems that you know impact people. And listen, it's between me, Haberman, and the doctors. But me and Haberman never know. You just—we're—we're we're providing you with the ability to, for cheap to get it all through the online. GetRoman.com/ham. Doctor works with you, finds the best treatment plan if medication's appropriate. Roman ships it to you with free two-day shipping. Very straightforward. Again, it's GetRoman.com slash ham for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by SeatGeek. Love our Maybe friends. you were there last night. Where, uh, Chase? Chase for the first Warrior win. SeatGeek's easy, man. I got a lot of college hoops tonight. I'm going, I'll be Saturday, uh, Tuesday night, I'll be in Berkeley for what should be a good game. Kyle Pepperdine, I always say, college hoops, best value in sports. What time's tip-off? 7 o'clock. Uh, but big green dots, concerts, comedy shows, other shows that aren't funny. Big green dots are good. 
It makes it really easy. Promo code HAM, 10 bucks off your first purchase. We call that the Haas Pavilion. That's right. Good knowledge. Uh, yeah, just download the SeatGeek app. Couldn't be any easier. The green dots mean good. Red dots mean bad. Every venue, concert, uh, game, it gives you an interactive map. You literally can just search through the area, through the seat, through the price. It's, I, I mean, I'm not just saying this because they're paying me. It's one of the cooler apps. If if you go to any events that you can, it's just genius. Like, I mean, no wonder SeatGeek crushes it because the app is so easy to use. Guy, we got a Thursday night football game at the Coliseum. We got Monday night football game at the uh, at Levi's. I mean, come on, people. SeatGeek.com. That's really what we should have led just with. Download the SeatGeek app, promo code AM. Yeah, you led with the right stuff. We got two NFL games, primetime, barrier, Thursday night, Monday night. What a great get early Christmas gift, maybe. Hanukkah. <laughs> Or just do it because you got the SeatGeek promo code. It's awesome. All right. Uh, USC, John. USC. Now, I don't know. By the time this podcast comes out, maybe they have announced an athletics director. Or there was a report Friday they'd have one. Um, you know, I think the real issue that SC has, I'm not – their recruiting has fallen off. I think their, their 24-7 composite recruiting ranking is, like, out of the top 40. It might be outside of the top 50 right now. In terms of football, that's pretty alarming. For 2020, yeah. You know the name that hit me last night. Hmm. And listen, we've criticized this guy over the years, but I don't think like they could do way worse. Is Jack Del Rio? Remember, he want. I mean, he's been interested in the past, but the, the Raiders were so good, he had to, he just turned it down. Uh, Obviously, you take James Franklin. I think James Franklin would be ideal when you factor in recruiting, and he can coach, and he can, you know, literal good assistance, and he's got just – he'd be good. But he's a Pennsylvania guy. He's at Penn State. Really, to me, the only reason I could see him leaving, because Penn State can pay him a shitload of money, because that conference is making so much cash. He makes huge money. I think he makes like 6 or $7 million. Is you could argue the path is easier to win the natty. Like, it, his path at Penn State is really, really difficult, right? He's got to go through Ohio State every year, Michigan, Wisconsin. It's really hard. He could justify in his mind it's easier at USC, but I still think that's a little bit of a pipe dream. I'd be shocked if he left. So, like, Matt, like I do think Jack Del Rio would take it pretty seriously, and you don't need to quite work as hard. Like, he's an NFL guy. He'd kind of be like a Herm, but he's kind of got some swag to him. I don't think it's that crazy, guy. I think the problem is that they clearly are showing whether or not this AD gets, I don't even know, but they're clearly showing a willingness, the new president, Carol Fult, to go outside of the USC family. Because somebody told me that the guy that they were hiring, they've only hired an AD from outside of the USC like family once or twice. Like, it doesn't happen. And so much, they're kind of like Michigan. They're always obsessed with like the Michigan man, the USC guy, the guy with ties. I think it might serve him well to go outside. Now, now, we've talked about this. You can't go too far outside, and it's like you're getting some guy with no ties to recruiting California and the West Coast. But I think region matters. I mean, yeah, unless you I'm get – Urban would be an outlier. He's not from the West Coast. He'd work. I think region really, really matters in California – or just on the West Coast. Look at the – David Shaw, uh, Chris Peterson. They are – even Harbaugh when he was at Stanford – Pete Carroll, California guy. Some of the guys over the years that had success at UCLA. Dick Tomey, West Coast guy, Arizona. You just, you just, I like the West Coast feel. I mean, Whittingham, 
I don't even know where he's from, but he feels like Utah. Like, he's just – there's Pat Hill when he was having seasons at Fresno State, California guy. Mike Bellotti, West Coast guy. To me, that shit matters, guy. Uh, yeah. What was his name? That Oregon State forever, the NFL guy. Mike Riley, West Coast. I, I, I do think that matters. And that's where I think, yeah, I get he played at SC, but you wouldn't f- feel like is Del Rio, quote, unquote, he's been in the NFL forever. You, you don't look yeah. like you like my ideas much. No, no, I actually, you, I don't hate it. I Now, my priority would be hire a guy that I know can win college football games a la James Franklin. But but even then, you're like, okay, Matt Rule, where is he from? If you want to go down that road. Matt I think Campbell, he's from the Northeast. Yeah. Matt Campbell, okay, I, I would actually like that quite a bit. Um, but I don't, I'd be surprised if you got James Franklin, first of all. That I would, would surprise I me. I would do. So we always go with all these names, and it's like the one thing I think you could easily do if you're ASU, if you're USC is look at ASU right now, right? That's that, that's where I've kind of come around on Del Rio. But it's it's a matter of okay, so you're him, so you're gonna you might not actually have to pay him what you'd have to pay James Franklin. You wouldn't, right? You're not you're not outbidding, but you also can't go cheap. So you still you got to spend a ton. Of, you got to get a great offensive coordinator. You got to get a good defensive coordinator. Couldn't you just you keep the say, guy hey, they man, have? Take this. Yeah, you could. I mean, do you still does you want to run the air raid? Then cool. I would Graham Harrell. Yeah, I would, I would imagine he, Jack does not. But you're right, Graham Harrell. I think people like they they've actually been their quarterback. They've done some nice things this year, offensively. What, so, what, what would you consider Arizona State running spread with a little power? Yeah, I mean they're unique because they do just they do want to just pound the rock. Yeah, but they have a running so, quarterback. But they're not an yeah, but they want him to throw ultimately they want him to be like <laughs> Yeah. They want him to throw. They're kind of probably a little more spreadish now just because he's 18 and he can run. In a perfect yeah. in a perfect world they but want their not, offense to look like Stanford. Yeah, they're not air raid. They're not air raid, you know. No. And everyone has but but it look, bottom line, I don't hate that idea. I don't hate that idea. My priority would be let me get a guy that I know is the that I know is the total package, but I don't hate that idea. I just think it would feel. I do wonder. Do you think if they he'd would, do? You think he'd want in? Yeah, I think he would too. I mean, in he sniffed around before, and now the timing is just. I just wonder if they would if they're almost. I, it'll be interesting to see how hard line they are. Like, is it? Do you think he'd be a good fit? Show that we're not. Yes, just to show that we're not what everybody else has been here we're not we're just going to cross all those guys off the list i wonder if they're doing that but yeah i think he'd be a good fit in college because herman herman immediately just fits right you realize like you're at that point herm's probably a little more unique like he likes the life lessons aspects i don't know if jack loves that as much but i and the discipline he'd, he'd take pride in the usc thing getting the dudes having a bunch of first rounders like he'd like all that shit yeah you know no, i don't I, John, the stardom in L.A. You know, I, I I actually think he would demand, well, he wouldn't have the leverage. But like, yeah, you could pay me $4 million, so you give me an extra one and a half for my staff or whatever. Because he would be able to go land, like, I'll go land the best defensive coordinator for $2 million a year. Stuff like that. Like that Oregon did a couple years ago. Where it was like, we're all in. We're kind of, right. the Helfords thing didn't work out. What do you need, Willie? And then Willie bounces, what do you need, Mario, because that's where USC kind of has to get to. And for the most part, even in the Pete heyday, they never really liked that. Because if you think about it, Pete's star coaches 
when he first hired Sark and Lane, it's not like they were costing him millions of dollars. I bet when they first started, both of them were making like $150,000, right? Back in like 2002 or three or whatever as like quarterback coaches. So they weren't – Pete never really had like a Venables, right? Or like a Lincoln Riley on his staff. I mean, Sark, their names became that. But – Yeah. He didn't have like – the number one quote unquote coordinator in the country. So I, I think Jack would be more dependent on that for sure. Like, but but he would he would want that he Jack doesn't wanna No, Jack just wants to be the face, fucking recruit and be at the draft on And be draft. sweet. Like that's part of the deal, right? It's just yeah. I do think there's something to when you're the coach of the New York Yankees, can you just handle all the stuff that comes with it? And I think that definitely applies at well, USC. Do, well do you notice that Aaron Boone kinda he's a little swagged out. Like he kinda fits. And when I watch yeah. him, I'm like, this guy's kind of a badass. And the one thing, like, you do need, I, I think in college that's not overrated, the quote-unquote swag. Like, when you walk in, are you, 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 think you're the big, you think you're the most important motherfucker, not on campus, but maybe in the city? I mean, Jack's been thinking that for 30 years. But do you think Saban thinks there's one person more important in the entire South than Nick Saban? You know? No, but he can really coach, too. I, I know that, and that's why his like it's a real swag. It's not artificial. <laughs> yeah, but I think Jack would be able to think like I can just out recruit everyone. Yeah, because the yeah. one thing Pete always had, even when they kind of slipped. Remember the people forget like the last couple of years weren't as dominant, definitely as the first like the liner years. But he always had so many first rounders. So your worst year is going to be like eleven and one. It's going to be one shitty loss on Thursday night to Oregon State. Yeah, or even it might be nine. It might be nine and three. But you're like n- their worst years are we're missing bowls. What's right Clay now. having this year? You think? What are they four and four? Well, they got if they win two of their last three, they go to a bowl. Uh, they win one of their last three, they go to a bowl game. So they're five and four right now. So they're in good shape in terms of that. But that's not <laughs> yes. SC standard. I think a USC yeah, yeah. fan just puked in his mouth. They're in good shape. Right. Like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they could decline the invitation. Really, they're sixty six in the twenty four seven composite recruiting rankings, just behind La Tech, Indiana, and Vandy right now. That's an embarrassment. Like you would say, that would get Clay fired in, in itself, right? It's why ASU made. It. It's why like ASU who's the top? Can Grant. you read me the top ten? Do you want to just? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I, I, but you but know, just, them. is there Clemson, are there, LSU, are there any Alabama? Shockers? Uh, no. Who is it? I'd say the first shocker. I mean, I don't even know if you consider there's a shocker. Miami, sixteen. North Carolina, seventeen. Mac. Where's Arizona Florida, State? Florida State, eighteen. Stanford is twenty-two, but they're always high. ASU's twenty-nine. Cal is thirty-four. Minnesota's thirty-three. Is Kansas is, is, is Oregon top fifteen? Oregon is fifteen. Washington's 14. How many SEC schools in the top 10? Bama, Georgia, uh, one, LSU, two, A&M. One, two, three, four. A&M there? Five. Yeah. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, A&M, Florida. I, I heard from Birdie before I sign off that's going to be interesting about this weekend. If you look at the scores historically, LSU has played better at – in Alabama than they have at home against Alabama over like the hmm. last 20, 30 years. Something to keep an eye on. Okay. College football playoff rankings out on Tuesday night. That's interesting. The other thing that I heard that makes sense is Alabama historically, they've been a dominant defensive team and could pound the rock. This year, their defense isn't that good, and they are a 
they're not air raid, but I mean their go to plays are they got three first round wide receivers and a first round quarterback they throw. LSU has three elite DBs. They have a guy that could would be a top five pick right now, true freshman. So just in theory, they do match up better against like before Alabama just controlled the clock. They just kept hitting them in the mouth. Their styles, like that's not this Alabama team. This Alabama yeah. team you, is predicated on three wide receivers and the quarterback. And the guy that leads LSU in sacks is gone. Although I, that's that's misleading. Sorry, because he only has three sacks. But yeah. they lost one of their good pass rushers. Injured? No, personal reasons. Left the team. Whoa, Divinity. That's, that's uh, his name, Michael Divinity. How much do you think they're talking about Alabama, LSU, just in Southern radio stations? <laughs> do you think Paul Feinbaum did a even the segment? commercial breaks? Even the commercial breaks are just like the. I love when the local guy doesn't do an ad; he just does his take. Like, hey, this is Mike Smith from Mike Smith Mercedes. I know this. When Alabama comes to town, if we guys just pay to do 60 seconds of takes, <laughs> and then at the end they say, this message has been brought to you by me, Michael De- Michael Smith Mercedes. And, but the whole thing was just their take. I love those ads. And you know him at work all week. He doesn't give a shit about any balance statements or anything. He's just re- no. getting ready for the game. No. But mostly you hear those ads when guys want to talk about family values. Normally those are the ads. Like, I believe. That's true. <laughs> All right, on that I'll note. Let you, guy, how about this one? Have a, huh. good, have a good call. Thanks, brother. Stay safe out there, middle call. Stay <laughs> I, safe. I, I, I will. Head on a swivel. I know police officers, so come at me. All right, later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.